on cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a, let's see, it's a Monday, August 1st, LA Galaxy getting ready to start a new month, which is good because the old month kind of sucked. Uh, we're going to talk about the LA Galaxy's one nothing loss to FC Dallas. That was over the weekend. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know how much we're going to focus on that. That's that's probably not a great time for everybody involved, but one nothing lost FC Dallas. There's some transfer news, some transfer rumors out there. Uh, I, I'm going to say the name incorrectly now, so that way I can then tease it and say it correctly, but a little Puig mania back in Los Angeles. Uh, maybe, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. We're going to discuss that and then get you ready, I guess, for a game that doesn't count, and it's going to be the way the Galaxy get ready for a difficult road trip against Sporting Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. I think that's what I got. To help me do that, he's back. It's the Panda himself, Mr. Kevin Baxter. Kev, how you doing, bud? So, did you watch the game on Saturday on TV? I, I, I did. I did watch it. I, I, I really like to see the ratings on that because that night, as you know, there were uh, there were three other games played in L.A., Orange County, all sold out. 97,000 at the Rose Bowl, 22,000 at Bank of California, 5,177 at the Great Park of Irvine, one of the better soccer stadiums in the area. Right. Everybody sold out this weekend. Yeah, it was, uh, I would have to imagine, and just looking at just the 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 reporters on the call afterwards, it was me, um, and then uh, Alex Ruiz was there, I think Mike Ray was there as well. That's that's about, uh, there was a couple others, but it, it was not it was not packed of your normal people, and it was sort of one of those things I was saying. I was like, well, yeah, I mean, Angel City was playing, I think, at the same time, yeah. and, you know, and Real like Madrid, said, Juventus. Real Madrid was playing up at the Pasadena and the Rose Bowl. The funniest thing was, I think somebody... Um, Somebody from the LAFC side tried to burn the LA Galaxy. They're like, oh, look, see, because they had a Galaxy fan who was at the Real Madrid Juventus game, right? They were there and they had a picture and they're like, look, whenever the Galaxy actually played in LA. And I'm like, well, that was Pasadena. So I don't know if that really. Yeah, not really LA. I mean, you know, I mean, if we're going to get technical about all this stuff, is it not that wasn't really there when they were in Pasadena? It was Pasadena. But guess what? It's all Los Angeles. That's how that works. LA County and all that fun stuff. But yeah, it's. You know, that was an an AEG game, too. That whole. Uh, five-team tournament was and and the galaxy up until just a couple days before that game i was asking them because my target was you know the rams had a, a crowd of seventy-four thousand. i thought this might be one of the bigger crowds in professional sports you know since since covid and the galaxy told me oh no we're not getting anywhere close to that we're, we're doing well we're selling tickets we're not getting anywhere close to that and then less than 24 well about 24 hours before the game uh, i got a call and they said we're at ninety thousand. we're sold out yep um, those tickets, I, I talked to some people actually, and, and what they did is they, 
we've all been burned by these exhibition games before. Right. Messi's coming, Messi in Barcelona, and then Messi's like nowhere near Southern California. And there's a lot of guys with three-digit numbers playing. So people didn't want to get burned by that. But I talked to some people who watched the first game of the tournament, which was eight days prior, Barcelona and Real Madrid, and said that game was really well played. Both teams tried. They were using their best players. We think we're going to come out and see this because we haven't seen a European team in three years. Right. And that's why so many tickets were sold in that last month uh, or last week, rather. <laughs> I didn't miss this part. I didn't miss that part with the with the pandemic and everything. I didn't miss the teams coming over to to uh, the United States and playing friendlies against MLS teams. It's ve- it's felt very forced and weird. It's kind of like um, I almost feel like this way about charters that like you've sort of you, you've unwrapped that that package now. Right. And there's no way to sort of go back on the charters. You're you're fully chartered now yeah. as far as I'm concerned in Major League Soccer. Right. It's already it's in the operation. That's how it goes. And if you ever tried yeah. to undo it, imagine how like dirty and gross that would feel if like they tried to undo it. That's how I sort of feel like with these friendlies. I feel dirty and gross about it a little bit. Well, I had a. it's funny. I had that same conversation with an MLS, MLS executive and, and they sort of said, yeah, you know, we can't do that. Maybe like uh, the Galaxy going to San Jose, maybe you put them on Southwest for that. <laughs> but no, the, the charters are here to stay. But, I mean, you're right. You know, seeing Barcelona play the Galaxy or, or, or Sporting Kansas City or whatever, but when you have Juventus playing Real Madrid, especially as it's the last preseason game for both teams, um, it, it was actually – it wasn't a very well-played game, but but you could tell players were trying. I mean, it was right. a big deal to the players. Um and a couple of the executives I, I, I talked to, uh, Charlie Silitano was one who used to work for um, the, the company that put on all those big European tours. He's the one that organized the three games in Michigan that had over 100,000 each. And he said two things. There's a pent-up demand. They, people haven't seen these teams for a couple of years. Right. But he also said this: the U.S. is now a, a, a discerning soccer market. People here know the difference between good and bad. And they go to your MLS, and that's fine, and they liked MLS, but they also admit MLS is not the Premier League or La right. Liga. And when they get a chance to see these teams and players, they want to go out and see them. And, and a few years ago, I would have disagreed with him because I thought it was more like, oh, you know, I want to see if Messi really exists. I want to see Cristiano Ronaldo. Now they go out to appreciate the good soccer. I, I do think he's on to something there that it, it is a legitimate soccer market now. Yeah, it is. U.S. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. You can see it. Well, I mean, and the only reason really you go into this so much is that, you know, you get a you get a feeling for why uh, the L.A. Galaxy will be playing Chivas coming up on, on Wednesday, right? And this is all a preview of this League's Cup that is supposed to happen next year. And listen, that's going to be a whole month-long tournament thing. I mean, we can talk about that here a little bit at the end, but the bottom line is that uh, MLS and Mexico see that as a cash cow and uh, Liga MX and, and MLS are going in together on that. And they're like a month long tournament that gets television rights that's shown in the United States and in uh, Mexico. And for MLS, it's to capitalize on the eyes that Liga MX gets here in the United States as well and to get it down in Mexico. And it's sort of this cross promotion thing that everybody sort of wants to see. It, we can argue that it's a useless tournament. But the long-term ramifications, and that's what somebody asked me, is there any benefit whatsoever to the LA Galaxy playing on Wednesday night against Chivas? And it was sort of like, short-term, no, because they're going to have to go to Sporting Kansas City after that. And even if you only play your starters for 45 minutes, it's it's something and you're taxing them and you're doing stuff, right? That's, that's something there. But the bottom line is long-term, yeah, it's going to put money in people's pockets. It absolutely is because it is going to be one of those things that even though it's one-off and even though it's exhibition and even though we will all sit there and say these games don't count, it doesn't matter, people will get injured, careers will be altered by these games, right? Ultimately, 
the money and the amount of eyes that are on it is why this is a thing. And it's probably one of the, you know, better reasons why perhaps even Apple sort of picks all this stuff up is the chance to possibly broadcast these games. I think they have Leagues Cup in that as well, if I remember. But, correctly. you know, the tournament next year is a little bit different. These friendlies, uh, the one on, on Wednesday uh, with Chivas playing the Galaxy and uh, Club America playing LAFC, you know, for Club America, this will be their sixth game in 18 days. Only two of them counted. They're in the middle of their league season right now, like the Galaxy. Their league season started. They'll they'll have will have flown ten thousand miles by the end of the the game, uh, or when they get back to Mexico City, ten thousand miles in in eighteen days to play games that don't matter. And Guillermo Ochoa started all of them in, in goal. Right. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they get the money. Right. But then if but then if if they continue to drop like a rock in Liga MX, which they're doing, after a while, I mean, how much do you hurt the brand? Right. Club America gets to play these friendlies because they're a good team. If they're 16th in a 17 team league, they're no longer a good team. And so, you know, they're not going to be getting to play these games. And so are you killing, are you, you know, are you killing the golden cow um, because you're going for that extra money? And Chivas, this will be Chivas' fifth game in 18 days. Only three of those counted in league. Um, I just don't see, yes, I get the tournament next year. And, and you and I have argued about this. I don't think, that, for example, Club America, I don't see how they can play a lot of their best players. They're just exhausted, and they go back and rejoin league play this weekend. You were saying, no, there's too much invested in this, that there's, they do have to put on some sort of There's going to be a lot of pressure from MLS and from Liga MX to put on a show for this tournament because, again, this is like a preview of what they're going to see next year, which is a month-long tournament, right, of, of these teams playing and all those sorts of things. So it is to me, I think there's a lot of pressure. Both I think the LA Galaxy are going to face it. I think LAFC are going to face it. I think all the teams involved are going to be paid, put in position to have starters and to play in this game. Now, I'm not saying the starters go 90 minutes. I, I expect that it's, it's somewhat shortened, and I don't know what the what the sub rules are and all this. I would imagine it's unlimited subs, yeah. um, you know, and those types of things. So it's just it's one of those things that I'm telling you, there's going to be a lot of pressure from the leagues to have these teams play their play their players for at least 45 minutes. And when do you remember when these games were announced? Uh, I don't. When when were they announced? The reason I ask is because this tournament that just finished, the one with Real Madrid and Barcelona and, and Juventus, Club America and Chivas playing that tournament. I think Club America played twice. Mm-hmm. That tournament was announced in mid-June. And my recollection is that this League's Cup thing was announced before that. So in other words, Club America said, sure, we'll fly to L.A. midweek. We'll play this game. We'll fly home. And then AEG came and said, oh, we got to fill out this tournament field. Would you guys come and play in this? And then all of a sudden, now what went from being a one-off exhibition for League's Cup and we're going to go down there and put on a good show became like, oh, my God, this is the sixth game in 18 days. We can't handle this. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. All right, so uh, a little preview of that. Uh, the LA Galaxy kicking off at 5.30 p.m. against Chivas at SoFi Stadium. Um, um, what kind of grass? We don't know. We yet. don't know. I, I asked to, I got clever. I saw somewhere that somebody said they were putting real grass in for this, right? And I and I, ex- I expected that it was going to be on turf and that they were going to play that on turf and it was going to be that whole thing. Um, but I saw somewhere, and so I've asked to, to confirm that. If we get a text message during the show, I'll, I will confirm it. Maybe somebody in the chat room knows for sure. They, they read it somewhere. I've been trying to read everything and i haven't found like that answer to that and, and i wonder if they're going to take those seats out you know they have those removable seats they're going to do for the world cup i wonder i mean the, the rams are going to be playing in there in a couple weeks yeah you know can they can they get those seats back in can they take the grass out and do all those things how expensive is that do you want to go to this game on wednesday i want to go to sofi i'm not so sure i want to watch soccer okay all right i don't want to go 
I don't want to go to this game. I'm going to, by the way, I'm going to Disneyland tomorrow. If you were wondering if transfer news will hit tomorrow, the answer is yes, absolutely, because I'll be at Disneyland tomorrow. Um, so I'll be at Disneyland tomorrow, and then um, I'll have to go into work and then leave early again in order to try to get out for this game. And I'm not sure I have that kind of capital and pull around uh, the place right now after going to Disneyland for a day. So um, and I don't know that I want to be out again maybe, after being. Maybe you see Winnie the Pig. Yeah. Oh, very. Oh, very. Oh, you should have just said his <laughs> his real name that time. I think it would have even Winnie the Pooch. Yeah, Winnie the Pooch. Um. Uh, so yeah. So we'll uh we'll figure that out. Just a reminder, everybody. Uh, MLS secondary transfer window uh, closes in four days, four days. Um, so uh, that means uh, just a little bit of time. Plenty of time, by the way, still to register and do all those things. People were asking me if the LA Galaxy were to sign somebody, how, how soon do you think somebody would come in? I said between seven and 14 days is my guess to actually get somebody playing. So about two weeks is, seems to be about what it is right now. Let's uh, <laughs> let's get here. Uh, a super chat from Michael. Michael says, all aboard the Brugman Pooge train, right? So um, this is this is Ricky Pooge, by the way. And it's it's spelled Puig, P-U-I-G. And of course, everybody in Los Angeles remembers Yasael, uh, Yasael Puig. Um, Having said that, that's apparently not the way that you say this last name. So I'm sure I will be butchering it. Uh, and Panda for sure, a hundred percent will be no butchering question. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so we're doing, I've already thing. seen some stuff on social media where people are ex excited for the show just to listen to me butcher the name. Yep. There you go. By the way, uh, Mike Gray confirms. Yes. Real grass, real grass. So they, wow. they put real grass in. Yeah. I, I knew that I, I was trying to find something on it and I was pretty sure I saw that. So yeah, they put real grass in, which by the way is what they're going to do for world cup. Right. So this is not only is this a League's Cup preview, but this is the first time soccer is played in that stadium. The first game to ever play in that stadium, of course, the LA Galaxy will be a part of. I'm sure that was part of the negotiating rights of everything. One of the first sporting events that was supposed to be played at SoFi, the first event was a Taylor Swift concert. One of the first sporting events was a Barcelona Real Madrid game. And then, of course, um, COVID came along and wiped that out. So if they're putting the grass in, I don't know how much that costs. I would imagine it, it, it costs it's expensive. something. Yeah. Maybe they're, they they are going to take those seats out. Maybe this is a dress rehearsal for for the World Cup. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's a sort of a proof of concept. Like this is what we can do. I think the security. I think all those things are sort of proof of concepts. You're gonna have to talk for a second. I'm gonna cough for a little bit. Go ahead. Okay, Puig, Puj, whatever. Yes, yeah, Puig, by the way, is in South Korea. For those of you wondering, different I, guy. I, I don't think anybody is uh, is 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 sort of. Oh, uh, they might have been. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, you, you know, so he's coming from from. So Ricky is coming from Spain, which is a Spanish-speaking country. Uh, Yasiel came from Cuba, Spanish-speaking country. Same name, spelled the same way, pronounced totally different. Yes, correct. Well, you know how that okay. is. It's like Christian Pulisic, right? Remember how there was all this argument about how you say his last name and and all those things. Everybody says it differently. That's sort of the. By the, the way, whole idea. his name is not really Ricky. It's it, it, the way it's spelled, especially his name is Richard. <laughs> Richard. Yeah, that's his birth name. Is Richard Rick, Ricky? Just something he adopted. We're, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it here in a, in a little bit, um, for sure, and get a little more into the details. I want. Oh yeah, that's the that's the teaser. You're teaching me about how to do pods. That's right. We're um, gonna talk about that later, everybody. Stick around. <laughs> um, let's get to FC Dallas and the LA Galaxy. One nothing win for FC Dallas. Um, I, I will I will say this. Um, the FC Dallas scores in the ninth minute. Uh, on on you know a counterattack. It was going to be a direct, and and Greg Vanny talked about it after the game that Dallas was going to play directly, that they were going to try to get in those positions, exactly in those positions that they scored from. Um, and again, the Galaxy kind of didn't do a good job of, of handling that. So we saw 
you know, the Galaxy fumble this um, and then they had plenty of chances to win it. That's sort of my whole take on this. I even asked Greg afterwards. I'm like, do you feel like you guys had the chances to win this? And he goes, I think I'd agree with that. Right. The whole deal. If you even look at the expected goals, um, the L.A. Galaxy at one point four to Dallas is one point two. It should have at least been a one one game. And Jovalich probably should have converted that PK. But I mean, can you blame? <laughs> I was going to say, can you blame Jovalich? Yeah. Go, go take a breath. Uh, the thing, another thing that Greg said that was really interesting is he was prepared for Dallas to play exactly the way he did, and that was one of his big frustrations. Is it's like we game plan, we we were all over this, and they still that goal was from a very diff, uh, difficult angle. It was a good shot. Um, Jonathan Bond stood on his head the rest of the game. Seven saves, second highest this year. He had eight in a game early in the season, but. Um, the Galaxy were all over this. They had it, and then I don't want to say it was a lucky goal. It was a good goal. It was from a tough angle. It was a goal that probably doesn't get converted, uh, you know, nine times out of ten. It's a little bit lucky from that perspective, perhaps. But then once that happened, it allowed Dallas to play a different way, and all of a sudden, Danny's game plan, which was you know spot on, kind of goes out the window because now they're protecting the lead. The Galaxy are chasing the game. Yeah, I would like to point out I haven't been coughing all day. Just right now, whenever I got on the podcast, did I start to just go I down? I have that effect. <laughs> yes, you do. effect on people. Um, you know, this is the thing for me is that uh, I said I said the Galaxy weren't going to win this game. Listen, you can pretend, and I know there's plenty of people out there who want to say, oh, it's just an excuse to say the Galaxy don't win in Dallas. It, it's a fact more than anything else. It's been proven over years the Galaxy don't win in Dallas. It almost doesn't matter who the team is or how good they are. In Since 2004, they've won four times. That's it. That's a small spattering of games whenever you consider that the LA Galaxy play FC Dallas every single year because they're in the same conference. Well, and they're they're in a tailspin. They, they have only won twice in their last nine games in all competition. They've lost four of their last five. They are now at 500 for the Greg Vanny era, 22, 22, and 12. They're under the playoff line. I believe this is the first time they've been under the playoff line Correct. from the run of play. Correct. I mean, they were at the end of the last season. That's the end right. of the, the last game. I think this is the first time they'd be under the playoff line in the Greg Vanny era. So there's a lot of numbers going the wrong way. Yeah. I mean, you, you can certainly say that this is the lowest they've been in the league all year. Um, so in that A spot, one spot outside. Um, <clears throat> that being said, they're about three points out of fifth place right now. But perfectly capable of, of dropping lower and and, and, how, and, and no, in that but, way. But you know what? Go take another drink. It, it, when I look at the standings, and I'll just pull them up here because I think it's very interesting. I, there's nobody behind, it's, with the exception of Seattle, I think. There's no one behind the Galaxy they are going to catch them. I don't think Vancouver, Houston, Colorado, San Jose, uh, you know, I, I don't see those. I, I, I don't fear any of those teams. But there's not a lot of teams ahead of the Galaxy that are going to drop back. Maybe Portland. Uh, so it's really kind of Seattle, Portland, and the Galaxy fighting for that uh, to get into the top seven, and only one of those three are going to make it. Yeah, I'll say Dallas hasn't been playing well, so that you could see them drop back um, and sort of come under. I think Seattle is a good team. You could see them get above the LA Galaxy in this as well. Yeah, no shots on goal, though. With that team, no shots on goal against LAFC. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not surprising. Listen, the Galaxy had three shots on goal against Dallas, right? Now, three of those probably should One of those is a penalty kick, and two other ones is Chicharito, basically, and, and one from Jovalich, again, from their own play. But I'm looking at these stats, and I'm sitting there, and I'm saying, I go, there's still plenty of chance for the Galaxy to make it up. But I didn't feel that this game against Dallas was the one that was going to be the difference, right? This is one of those games I'm like, this is a tough game. It's going to be played in heat. Now, we can pretend that heat doesn't affect people. It does. And you knew it was going to be a slower game because of that. You knew that there were going to be spurts and fits to it because of the heat. It was about, I think, 92 
Yeah, 90 degrees is on the score sheet. Yeah, about 90, 92, whenever they kicked off, right? That type of thing. So you knew it was going to be there. So my big question here is, and I said it beforehand, is why didn't Jovalich start in, in place of Chicharito? And this is not a, oh, Jovalich should be starting every time argument. This is in that heat, you're going to put Chicharito, who has a ton of minutes on his legs. <laughs> you're going to play him 95 minutes. Well, and we argued, too, about Jovlitz taking the penalty shot. And I know that Greg said, it, you know, you almost couldn't stop him. He has so much confidence right now. But he had come on in the 62nd minute. I think that penalty kick was in the 66. So he'd been on three or four minutes. Yes, he warmed up. Yes, it was hot. But he was clearly not in the game. He was not in the run-up game. Yeah, he'd broken a sweat. But I just don't feel like he had a feel for the game. And I think he would have been better taking almost anybody else who was on the field at that time. Except for Chicharito. Yeah, that just seems like a tough position to put him in just off the bench. And again, it's not the skill. It's just he's not into the game yet. I I, I have there's no way to throw Dayon under the bus for this game, right? You can't say, oh, well, he's the reason the LA Galaxy lost. He saved the LA Galaxy so many times this year. He doesn't he, he gets sort of he gets a pass for this. But he absolutely was the reason that they didn't tire win this game. Whenever you look at it, the Galaxy generated the chances. Chicharito as well, by the way. But I think we've all been seeing Chicharito. four shots. Yeah, but we, had four shots. he did have four shots. I think one of them was on target, right? Maybe two. No, only one because Dayon had two shots on target. So I can tell you, Chicha got one of those four shots on target. It hasn't been good enough for him. And so for me in the heat, 95 degrees, Chicha's on the bench. Right. And then you could have brought Chicha into that same place and, and given him 30 minutes at the end of the game to really try to affect something with Jovalich having to do, uh, you know, most of the work here. This is the problem I have. This is going to be the same issue I'm going to have in Sporting Kansas City, where apparently it's going to be like 97 degrees the day of uh, for that game as well. So <laughs> these are these are real concerns for the LA Galaxy for me. Tough place to, for the Galaxy to play. You talk about Dallas. They always struggled in Kansas City. So kind of forget the records. I mean, you know, Kansas City is is in last place in the Western Conference because they're the worst team in the Western Conference. But um, that said, the Galaxy always struggle when they go to Kansas City. This I, could be a, it, It's not going to be an easy game. It's not, even though they're the worst team in, in the Western Conference, right? Yeah, I think you said that. This is, this is the Sporting Kansas City is not a good team this year. This is absolutely a chance. This is why if I'm looking ahead to that game, I don't put it in the same category as this one. I think the Galaxy can win in Sporting Kansas City. I think can't. It's difficult. Not saying it's easy, but I'll also say this. I thought the LA Galaxy's performance against Atlanta was about the same as it was against Dallas. I didn't see a big drop off in that. The only thing I really saw was Brugman was much more tired in this game. Obviously, he went full 90 minutes, too. But uh, Brugman being in that central midfield <coughs> in the heat, trying to make all those runs. And eventually, I think they just sort of had him sit further back just sit in front of the 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 uh, the defenders and not try to go too far forward. That allowed Delgado to get into it. The Galaxy played a good second half. Again, uh, a good second half, I think, against Atlanta, a good second half against um, against uh, Dallas in this one. But I, I cannot sit there and say that the Galaxy didn't have the chances. If you want to know the one side of things that has been causing the most problems for the LA Galaxy, it has been the offensive side. They are not scoring goals. They're supposed to be scoring 100%. And you could see it in this game. That is a game the Galaxy should have at least gotten a draw out of. You can't say that people are going to score every time they put a shot on. But Dayon had two very good looks and scuffed one and missed a penalty kick. All right. 0.7, by the way, is your, your expected goals whenever you have a penalty kick. Um, so the Galaxy finished with 1.4. So 0.7 of that came from the penalty kick. They generated another 0.7 by themselves between Dayon and some others. And, and, and Chicharito had the best chance at taking an early lead with a header in the box in the inside of the first nine minutes. They could have the Galaxy could have scored first in that case. So 
I look all of this and say, I, you know, I didn't love a lot of the performances, but there weren't a lot of poor performances. There just weren't a lot of great performances. And Dayon had a chance to win this game. He didn't do it. Now, uh, you hope that doesn't affect his his mindset because, Kevin, he has been absolutely deadly with everything that he's done. And uh, it was funny because Alex uh, Ruiz, uh, who writes for the Striker now and who does a great job, um, Alex sort of came out this. The LA Galaxy are underperforming their XG by 9.3, the highest difference in Major League Soccer. They have scored 29 goals, but XG stats project they should have 38 goals. That would be second in MLS behind New York City FC. Now, I asked Kevin before we even started, I said, okay, Kevin, who's the top person who is underperforming their XG who's who should have scored more goals and hasn't and of course everybody knows the top one is Kevin Cabral you had it you had it correctly pretty easy um that's not a surprise was number two a surprise for you because Kevin Cabral no, no, is- I, I, yeah I, I didn't I didn't really think it went number two but yeah it's obviously the French the French connection again Samuel Grancier yeah number it, two. It, it is it is one of those things um, that we look at. So minus 3.3 Kevin Cabral on a, on expected goals. So he should have scored three more goals than he has right now, at least. Right. Samuel Grancer is minus 2.4. So he should have at least two, 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 maybe three goals at this point. Javier Hernandez minus 2.2. So not a huge underperformance from Javi, but we've seen him sort of underperforming this. You expect him to score more goals. Well, does he have six goals right now? I think he has six. Is it six or seven? I can't remember. Seven. 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 So seven. seven. So he should be at nine, nine, ten, right? Whenever you look at that. And that's probably about about right. Maybe a little bit under where he has. Um, you look at Efrain Alvarez, minus 1.5. Not a surprise because most of those have come off his left foot on the inside. Uh, whenever he refuses to use his, his right foot. Victor Vasquez is minus 1.2. Uh, Julian Araujo should have a goal at this point. Minus 1.2. Derek Williams, minus 1.1. If you've seen Derek Williams head the ball. Uh, on corner kicks, Kevin, and they've been saved off the line. They've gone off the post. They've done all these things. You would think by now Derek Williams would have himself a goal um, and be able to do that. Now, I consider anybody who is like one or under or or over to plus one doing their job, right? Because we have to sort of say, yeah, listen, you're going to have some and everybody is going to either outperform their XG or underperform their XG. Very few people are right at like zero, right? There are some that are like 0.2 and like those little things. But you have to figure if you're like minus one or plus one, anywhere in that, you're doing your job. You're pretty much right where you're supposed to be. So you could go in here and look at all these others. But if you want to look at the people who are overperforming, uh, Mark Delgado at plus one, I think he has one goal. So he really wasn't expected to score any goals and he got one, right? So um, so he got plus one there. And then uh, you saw Dayan Jovalich is the one who obviously is overperforming everything at plus 3.5. So yeah, this ga- is like, like yeah. soccer war wins against replacement. <laughs> but, you know, when you talk about Chicharito, um, this guy, the, this is a guy playing for his, his dinner right now. All those other guys that you mentioned, you know, good and bad, uh, Chicharito has seven goals. All those other guys... Uh, they're 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 signed. Cabral signed for a couple more years. Grant Sears signed for a couple more years. Efra signed for a couple more years. Chicharito is the odd man out. His contract ends this year. There is an option. It's a club option. Uh, so it's up to the Galaxy to pick it up. The Galaxy really really want that uh, designated player spot. I didn't think. I don't think they realized how much they tied themselves into a corner. You know, they got uh, Costa, which he really hasn't produced, and and then the other uh, designated player is. Uh, Cabral, and, and I don't think they can move either of those guys. If they want a designated player spot and want to have some flexibility, it's Chicharito and the guy's at seven goals right now. Um, that's the guy that it, you know really needs to pick it up. So it it is kind of a, a, a you know an important final twelve games for Chicharito. And when you look at the schedule, they have Kansas City on the road, tough place to play, but the worst team in the conference. They need to win that. They come home, they play Vancouver, which has played well at times, but it's still Vancouver. 
they have to win those two games. You know why? Because after that, they get Seattle. Then they go on the road, and I know they played well in the against the Eastern Conference teams, but they're, it's a long road trip. They'll probably, or I would think, they might stay back on the East Coast. They're, I think they play New to. England. They play New England and then Toronto. Okay, so in New England, the, you, you know, Bruce Arena team, it's, they're always going to be tough to play. And then Toronto, it's not the Toronto that you see in the standings. This is a different Toronto now with all these reinforcements they just got in, and Bob Bradley is the coach. So. You know, the, the five games coming up, these first two, I think they have to win if they at least draw. If they if they don't get four points from those two games with, with what they have coming up through the end of August, it, it gets really grim. Yeah, we uh, we pulled out our points to the playoffs, the LA Galaxy right now. We, we put a target at 48 points. That's what they got last year, right? And we feel with the competition in the Western Conference, 48 is probably pretty safe to get you into the playoffs, okay? That doesn't guarantee anything, but 48 right now seems pretty safe just based on everything we're seeing. So that means with their 30 points they have, the LA Galaxy need a minimum of 18 points, right? 12 games remaining, Kevin. That means a total of 36 total points, which means the LA Galaxy have to win half of the available points from here on out in order to get back to that 48 i'll say this their points per game uh if you go and look at it does not tell you that they have played anywhere near 1.5 points per game right and so with that in mind you you have to be a little cautious just in how it goes right right now uh through these uh through these 22 games the the la galaxy have played 1.36 is their points per game kevin so they need to average 1.5 from here on out now I will say, I think this team wins some and they lose some. I think they sort of stay in this inconsistent form that they've had. I think they have some winnable games. I think some of those winnable games might be surprising. I think the game at Seattle, while tough, is one that probably fits pretty nicely for the LA Galaxy. It's got a tough game, right? But they seem to do well against teams they know are tough um, and teams that want to play. And I feel like Seattle will want to play. Um, and so... I think there's a and chance. And that game is going to be here. If they have a chance against Seattle, it's better here than there. Right. And and so, I mean, really, we're still looking at, if you know, it's not hard to do the math, but six times three, you need six wins in order to get 18 points. Now, you can get it other ways, right? But six now with 12 games remaining, again, it's it's coming down to the wire. This You talked about the Sporting Kansas City game, I think, before we we started, Kevin, and you said it kind of feels like a must win. And, and I think I'll still push back and say it's kind of a don't lose game. Um, yeah. like, like you can't afford to lose it, I, I don't like must wins and I'm, I'm just not that guy. So I'll say, you know, we'll look at that and say, okay, uh, the LA galaxy have a chance, I think here to, to, to still do some, I think they're going to be able to pick up points. I see points in this. I didn't see points against Dallas. Um, it just, it just is what it is. I, I, I don't want to argue about it. I, I get called out without people think I don't read everything. Like I haven't been doing this for 15 years. And, and I, the, one of the reasons that I'm good at this is because I read every piece of LA galaxy thing, Kevin, everything that I see online, every Reddit post, every Instagram, all those stuff. That's how I keep track of all this stuff and try to put things together in my head. People think I don't see it. So, um, listen, the heat is a factor whenever you go play Dallas. Playing in Dallas is a factor for the Galaxy. They don't play well there, right? You can put all those things. Are they excuses? No, but they're factors that you certainly have to pay attention to. And so for me, going into Dallas, one nothing loss in a game that you absolutely could have won um, based on the chances that the Galaxy had. And listen, Jonathan Bond kept kept Dallas from, from really scoring another goal. Did an absolutely excellent job. He was... Uh, I asked him to go back after the game, Kevin, and sort of say, you know, on that goal, is there something you could have done differently? And he was like, listen, he goes, I'm all for critiquing myself after these games. He goes, that's what I do. I go back and look at it. And he goes, for me, he goes, I thought he was going to try to take a touch around me. 
uh, whenever I was coming out. And so I sort of started to lean a little bit towards that back post towards the end line, right? Because I thought he was going to possibly do that. So I wanted to cut that off. And instead he gets the tiniest of little touches and redirects it back through Bond's leg. You know, Zavaleta, a little slow in getting over, but not necessarily a huge danger point from that particular case. It's a good play. It's a good goal. Sometimes things happen. I know everybody always wants to blame everybody, right? I, and I just sit there and I say, listen, low percentage shot and it goes in. Sometimes you tip your cap. Would I have liked for Zavaleta to be a little bit closer? Yeah, I would have. Would I like Jonathan Bond to try to stay maybe a little bit taller on that? I don't know if he's not wrong, that he does still have to protect that end line. It would be interesting to talk to Kevin Hartman about it and sort of say, I mean, do you think we were out of position there or do you have to play the ball as you see it in front of you or do you have to anticipate? He's anticipating something that didn't happen, but that doesn't mean that if it did happen and he goes to anticipate it, he doesn't make the save. Well, that's why goalkeepers are, are good. That, that separates the good ones from the bad ones. Their, their anticipation, their, their knowledge of what's going to happen. And a lot of times they can't even explain it. It's just innate. But by the way, Jonathan Bond said some things in, uh, you talked about not finishing and the offense is the problem. Even Jonathan Bond, who's 100 yards away from the other goal, said, yeah, we're just not fin- We're getting these opportunities and we're not finishing it. And by the way, you, you put up that graphic about the schedule and, and where the points are. Um, so you uh, – one problem is the Galaxy do tend to play down. They play really good against good teams. They tend to, to, to not, for whatever reason, get up for teams they should beat. But so you have the Kansas City and Vancouver games, which, again, I think the Galaxy need four points out of that. Then they have Seattle at home. They go on that little road trip. After that, I think there's really only one game that I would say is really difficult. They have a trip to Nashville. Other than that, they get Vancouver at home again. They get Real Salt Lake. They play Colorado at home. Um, they go to San Jose, the Stanford game, but come on, San Jose is really struggling this year as well. Yeah, but international break. Remember, that's the Galaxy are going to be without players for that game. It's going to be a stupid hard game. You just watch. Well, who are they going to uh, who are they going to lose? Uh, Ravelison, probably. Let's see who else is is on international duty. Lear, maybe maybe Leardam, maybe Araujo, maybe Efra. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys. It, it, this is because this is the first team that the first Galaxy team since the franchise was started this would be the first galaxy team that does not have a player on the u.s national team when they go to the world cup first time it's ever happened give jonathan bond a little bit more time he can be in there he's he's eligible i'm pretty sure he can still play so you know they really they really need a goalkeeper the u.s does um by the way i wanted to get back to some super chats now that i can speak again uh gary gave a gave me a five dollar super chat for cough drops for all i appreciate that uh marty gave me a two dollar super i wish they had they were at a ricola today by the way the the absolute Maybe winner. That's his name, Ricola Puig. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it is. Um, okay. I, I will tell you this: having talked to TV personalities and everybody else in between, everybody knows that the answer is Ricola for cough drops, and they didn't have any today because everybody is coughing right now, so there are no cough drops. So uh, you don't get any. So I didn't get any. So I have these like off-brand Target ones that mm, we'll see. Uh, by so the much. way, two dollars super chat for uh, from Marty for Josh's immune system. That's nice. That's nice. I like that. Um, and then uh, we just got a $5 super chat from Jose, and he says, uh, this one's for Panda for writing that insightful story on the front office or lack of might be the spark we need for change. So uh, that's where we get that. Yeah, but I, I got two calls from the Galaxy. They're not happy about it, just so you, just so you know. I mean, I this is the problem with that. It's like, how could you, how could you, why? Why would you be upset? You knew, you know, they know, come on. They know. Yeah. Kevin, they know. 
Everybody knows. We've known this. We've talked about this for years on this podcast. This is this is why they won't call and talk into this, by the way, especially me. Yeah. Kevin is very good at not saying what the obvious conclusion of that article was. I have I have that. Um, and I know what that is. Every, and listen, I think that um, anybody who read that one is it's sort of put in mind exactly what, you know, Greg Vanny is trying to do and trying to. This is why. I'm on I'm I'm sort of looking at Greg Vanny and what he's doing and saying I don't hate a lot of this even if the results aren't there on the field right now. I think that things are pointed in the right direction. That doesn't mean things change, you know, the whole deal, but it feels like things are pointed in the right direction. And then I also have having talked to all the basically all the coaches who have left so far, including general managers who have left so far, having talked to everybody, I also get the feeling that like it's like trying to, you know, fight against a, a an outgoing tide, Kevin. The the all these coaches have done all these things and there's been so much interference and so much <clears throat> maneuvering that has to go on behind the scenes just to get scouting. How has there not been a scouting system put into place for this LA Galaxy team since Bruce left? I mean, and Bruce didn't what? necessarily have a scouting system either. I'm not saying he did, but he whatever he did worked for the LA Galaxy. Well, because he was Bruce. And, and I mean, the biggest club in the league that didn't have a built-out scouting system, that's kind of an embarrassment. But but one of the problems that I think is happening with this with this club, and when you talk about the executives, there are only – two guys at Dignity Health Sports Park that were there when Bruce left and are still there. And that's Chris Klein and Jovan Karowski. And then Dan Beckerman, the guy who keeps giving them contracts. And I almost get the feeling it's one of those things where we're going to keep going with this because we're eventually going to get it right. And we're going to prove to all of you a-holes that we were right all along. And it doesn't matter how many losing seasons. One, at some point, we're going to have a winning season. We're going to say to you guys, see, we knew we could do this. I'm not so sure that that strategy is going to work. I mean, when you look at the team in 2017 that started the slide, there are no coaches left. There are no players left. There are two front office people left and the president or the president of, of AEG, Dan Beckerman. Those are the three guys left. Everyone else has been changed. If you change everybody else, if you change the players, the coaches, the ticket takers, everybody else, and the results are still the same, maybe the problem is the guys that are still there. I mean, it's it's a reasonable conclusion. At the very least, you should they should be changed. And again, not calling for anything, but they should be changed if you have tried everything and you're like, gee, I just don't know what else it could be. I don't know, guys. Maybe you should try the one thing you haven't done, which is, you know, last time Chris Klein got in a contract extension after the wooden spoon season, the worst season in L.A. Galaxy history, by the way. It could have been worse than some other seasons, but 2017 was the worst season in L.A. Galaxy history. The wooden spoon lived in my office for a year because of that. I remember all of that. Um, so it's just it's just it's frustrating. Listen, we are seeing today is August 1st. This is the first day that season ticket members have been able to opt out of their season tickets, Kevin. Um, I asked everybody on Twitter today because I started seeing some signs and starting seeing some people who are sort of saying I'm not renewing. I asked everybody, I said, hey, tag me. Tell me why you're not renewing. Tell me why you are renewing. Either way, there's no judgment. And first of all, Everybody needs to get off their high horse about this, like gatekeeping stuff. Like I've seen the arguments today, which is sort of like, oh, well, I'm keeping my season ticket my season tickets because I just care more for the club. It's 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 about me. And I just have so much more passion than everybody. No, you don't. Bottom line is you don't don't gatekeep like that. Bottom line is there are people who are extremely passionate about the LA Galaxy right now, Kevin, extremely passionate. And they're so angry and so fed up. They're canceling their season tickets. That's so important to them. It's something that they've had for years and years and years. Like I was thinking, like imagine that you're a, since 96er, right? You're so 96. So you have 26 years of season tickets. 
Imagine how hard that would be to break that, that streak. It's impossible to walk away from that. Oh, I don't know that I could. Like, if you're trying to put me in that situation, I'm like, oh, you know, I don't care if they suck. I've seen them suck before. You know, it's one of those. It's like, I'm just keeping it because at this point, I have a streak that means something, right? Because eventually, whenever everything hopefully goes back to normal, and the, eventually, there's recognition for people who have been season tickets from the beginning, right? I mean, there's something. We've seen them down on the field before. These people have had season tickets since 96. I'll tell you right now, I feel like some of those people are like, you know what? I'm out. I don't need Well, you this. know what? The Galaxy need to do something for those people because they have been the loyal fans. I, 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 I'm all over the place on this. I agree with you. It's a tough one. Those guys have been there since the beginning. The Galaxy need to do something with those people because they're still there. Those people have seen the Galaxy as the greatest club in MLS history. It hasn't been that in the last six years. It hasn't you know one playoff win? It hasn't been that club. It's a different club. Right. So if you say I'm a fan of that Galaxy team, that Galaxy team no longer exists. Now there's a situation after 26 years. It's like a marriage. You know, oh, you're not as pretty as you used to be. You don't cook as well as you used to be. I'm going to leave you. No, you don't. You stick it out. But this is a little bit different because, you know, I always go go for the cheap comparison. And and so I'll, I'll do it again here. Politics. If you're a lifelong Republican and you don't like what Donald Trump is doing, you don't I don't think you remain a Republican. I think you say I'm going to leave the party because I want it to change. I want to register my disapproval. I think you'd be loyal in the in the marriage, but I think it's okay to tell the galaxy you don't get my money this season because I'm not happy with the way things are going. And if I don't register my disagreement this way, if you send a check to the galaxy and they cash it, they're fine. Everything's good. Yeah. At some point, you have you know maybe maybe you do buy your season tickets and then you buy the banner. Yeah. I, that flies around the stadium. Flies maybe around. Maybe that's the, what you do. You can do that too. I mean, again, I think those are all valid. I am for people who say they're staying. I understand the valid reasons that you have. I understand why you're doing it. Here's the whole thing: is I'm trying to gauge this as a movement, right? And I will say that I don't know. Social media is not the real world, and you need to remember that at every step of every day that you are on social media or doing something, it does not encompass most LA Galaxy fans. Remember that. Social media, Twitter does not encompass that. Yes, there are a bunch of us there. Yes, you can talk to people and you can cross and you can talk to Kevin. You can talk to me. You can talk to the LA Galaxy account. You can talk to fans from all over the world who say that they follow the LA Galaxy. You can do that, but it's a very small representation of the whole. And so trying to get an idea of that is like, okay, so if you see... You know, today, maybe I saw 15 people who were like, I'm not renewing my season tickets. And listen, there's a bunch of people who are like, I'm on the fence and I'm waiting to sort of see what's going to happen and whether or not. There's some people who literally told me today, Kevin, they said, I'm opting out right now. I will be back by the end of the month because you have all the way up until August 31st to opt back in. I'll be back on August by August 31st if there are changes made in the front office. Straight up, straight out. Chris Klein was mentioned in a bunch of those a bunch of those people who are going off. Jovan Karofsky mentioned in some of those as well. That's what they're saying. There's also people who are like, "Listen, these are my seats. I I enjoy going. I get I thought a really good one was I'm going to keep my season tickets because I get to hang out with my father-in-law who's 70 years old and it's one of the few things that we do together and I, I enjoy that time. 100% valid reason to stay. That, that, I, I, can, I get both of it. I can get, I, That's the best reason of all and it doesn't matter if the team ever wins another game. That's a, a good reason to keep your season tickets. But I could see people saying, look, I, I've been here this, this many years, 5, 10, 15, 26. I'm going to remain loyal. Uh, I believe in, you know, I, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not going to be a turncoat. I get it. That's perfectly. I, I respect that. I also would respect someone that said, "Look, I've only been a season ticket holder two years. I thought they were going to turn it around. They haven't. I'm not giving them any more money until they figure it out." I respect that too. Um, uh, you know, I it, it's a difficult decision. Um, 
I, I, I don't know the season ticket list. I understand it's around 10,000. Um, so even if you, um, um, my, my point is it's not sold out. If, right. if you were to turn down your season tickets, I think you could come back in a year or two and probably get them. There's not a waiting list. Can, can we? So, so two things I want to make very clear is somebody asked if I could find out. By the, uh, by the way, they're also raising prices. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Prices have why gone up. Str- yeah. Why they're struggling? So, but prices have gone up. The product on the field has not. Prices have gone up. Listen, I, 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 prices usually go up. I'm not surprised. I'm just, you know, they're certainly not like Disneyland where you're going tomorrow. Oh, dude, so much money. It's not even funny. I don't want to talk about it. It's, it's depressing. Um, Still, still, I'm still totally worth it. Can't wait. It's to- totally excited too. I haven't been there in a while. So, um, but I, I want to say, make something very clear. You and I have gotten in this discussion with the LA Galaxy before about how many season ticket members they have. They do not like to give out that number. They really hem and haw and approximate and round up and do all sorts of things in order to make that number look as amazing as possible. I, in my mind, don't believe it's anywhere near 10,000 right now. If I was going to guess, totally guess, 6,500, maybe, maybe in the 65 to 7,000. Okay. I, I could see that. Now they could, they could come out and say, no, we have, we have 10,500 seat ticket holders. I would love to say, show me the receipts, but that they're never going to do that either. The other thing somebody asked, they're like, well, can you find out how many people canceled today? And I laughed and I said, oh, <laughs> I go, I go, that's really good. I go, I'm sure they're going to tell me that number. They don't, they don't like to tell it. Now, listen, I will ask. I have no problem asking. I just don't expect to get an answer. Um, and so while I can't gauge how big this wave is of unsettled fans, certainly they're angry. I can see it. Certainly they want change. You can see that. I have never seen this, the, the interwebs as angry and as vocal about their how angry they are and what they're going to do specifically to, you know, to, to voice their discontent that I have right now. This is absolutely the peak of it. And and that may be a misreading of social media, but that's what I'm seeing. And I can I can say that this is the high of it. Well, I, I don't see any change coming during the season as far as the front office goes. I, I, the team is still in the pennant, in the pennant race, whatever, the playoff chase. Uh, um, you know, they're, it, they could get on a run and, and things could work out really well. I just don't see them making a change now. If they did make it, you know, Chris Klein's contract is up at the end of the season. So they can make a change afterward. There, there is even a face-saving way out of this in that – Chris Klein is co-chair of the 2026 World Cup Committee, along with uh, the president uh, uh, of LAFC. Uh, and so there, it would be an easy way to say, you know what, I need to go and uh, not not spend time with my family. I need to go spend time with the 2026 World Cup Committee. I'm taking the job. I'm going to head this up. You know, that would be one way that that he you know, doesn't really get fired. He sort of moves over laterally. I just don't see if they even want to do that. And, and they may not want to do that. Dan Beckerman may give him another five year extension. Those people that are waiting for something to happen by the end of August, I would be surprised if that happened. Uh, by the way, uh, Pipo Shelvik, I imagine that's not a real name, but Pipo Shelvik uh, gave us uh, a $2 super chat that says churro money for Disneyland. You can get like the crumbs of the churros for $2, but I appreciate that very much. <laughs> Aren't those things like fourteen or fifteen dollars now? I'm sure. I'm sure that's how much they are. I haven't been there in so long. I'm sure that's that's what. I got a free churro once. My wife and I were wearing little badges that said it was our wedding anniversary, and they gave us free churros. Yeah, you just picked those up at the like front whenever you went in. You you didn't really have. It wasn't really your anniversary. You're like no, no. It actually it actually was that weekend. Okay, and sure. so we got free churros for it. Well, here's another thing. So there you that, go. Here's another thing that sort of popped up too, and. I, let me, I'll try to calm people down a little bit, but the LA galaxy put out a video basically saying, Hey, here's our 2023 season tickets for sale right now. You can get now buy and purchase your 2023 season tickets. They put it out and they had this LA logo. Uh, it was a thin LA logo, maybe a little bit like the, the LA Clippers, 
um, with it. Yeah, it does look like that. Yeah. So, are you, are you getting yelled at already in 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 our in our chat? Yeah, I just, I'm just gonna tell Chris I have to come back. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, he's listening live. I'm sure that's what it is. Uh, but there was an LA logo out there. Um, lots of people have hinted and pointed at this to a, being a possible rebrand. Um, I'll say two things. Uh, we know that there was a rebrand focus group. We know that there were focus groups out there. We know that it, I think it was the same firm as Juventus whenever Juventus did their rebrand, Kevin. So, you know, that's another that type also kind of Juventus. -y, it does. It? it does very much. It's a very skinny like L and an A in, in there. Yeah. And by the way, everybody has also said that it also looks like an L and an F and an I in there as well. And apparently the screenshot that's pulled from eventually, I guess the A does fill out completely and it, it does go. And so we won't we won't hold it to it. I will say this. Um, I will say that if you look at, by the way, churros are only $4 and 75 cents. That's actually not bad. I, I, so I, you have a churro. That's good. That's yeah, a start. I, that's, that's, that's more than a start. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but <laughs> very much, you know, it, this logo is very on the modern take of the Juventus type thing. I will say two things. One, we know there's a rebrand certainly being discussed. I know there, there were non-disclosure agreements signed. I know people who have been in those focus groups. I've talked to them about it. And people said that generally their ideas were panned, but that never stops a, a group from making a whole bunch of money by putting out a new logo. I don't know if this is it. Um, because usually if you're really going to rebrand, Kevin, especially if you're the LA Galaxy, with, with the ego that is involved with the LA Galaxy, you would imagine it's fanfare and trumpets and drummers and cannons and everything else that you're going to do to try to, quote unquote, rebrand re or refresh. And I don't necessarily know. Um, I'm one that says don't touch it. But I will also say that I'm not necessarily totally against rebrand, although I think most of them suck, right? Like, Well, here... Here's what I would say. Winning brands, I mean, the New York Yankees, that's the same uniform that Babe Ruth wore. You know, if you're a winning team, the Dodgers, an iconic team, corner of the galaxy, no, you know, no rebrand necessary. When you're struggling, a lot of times teams go, oh, let's try to freshen things up a little bit. Let's let's try to create some distance between this season and last season. I, I, I think teams tend to do this and companies as well tend to rebrand when there's been some sort of scandal or downtick or, you know, difficult times, then they'd use the rebrand to sort of say, you know, this is a different organization than the one that just sucked last year. Um, if they're, re if they're, they're serious about this rebrand, it could be just, we need a refresh. But to me, it feels like we're trying to put some distance between all these struggles. And when you're in, what is it, the fifth or sixth year of the worst uh, uh, five, six year period in franchise history, yeah. that's a pretty good time to pull out the rebrand thing. Well, I mean, I think I think if they're looking to get away from the championship winning ways of the LA Galaxy, one, their play on the field and what they have done with the entire organization has proven that. And this rebrand will only help you separate it from the winning years. So that way you can easily say, look, these were the years we were winning and it had this logo. And these are the years we suck. And now it has this logo. Right. I mean, well, I mean, think, think about the teams that rebrand all the time. Every 15 minutes, the Marlins are changing their uniforms. Why? Because they have no history or tradition. They suck. They're terrible. That is and, and, that is absolutely the meanest thing you have ever said about the L.A. Galaxy is you compared them to the to the Marlins. I did that in print. I once compared Phil Ansh uh, Anschutz to uh, Jeffrey Loria. <laughs> and, and how did that go over? Oh, well, I got some calls from the galaxy. So, some lead balloons in that one. I'm, I would imagine yeah. it's fine. Uh, by the way, a $10 super chat from Patrick. Uh, Becker, he says Beckerman can make it public knowledge that uh, Klein and Karofsky won't be renewed and that they are looking for new management. Wouldn't have to make any changes just by making that announcement. Understood. Uh, and then a $2 uh, super chat from What The, one of our, our favorites here in the chat room. Uh, what The says, rebrand to Los Angeles Soccer Club, LASC. That's what, <laughs> I love it. I love it. So... Um, a rebrand, uh, 
John in the in the chat room says rebrand brought to you by Clipart. Um, it does have a little clippy to it almost. If you, yeah. if you look at it, it's like, where's the clippy? Where is he going to pop up? The whole thing. I will say this. I was very much like, hey, the LA Galaxy would want to put out a lot more pomp and circumstance if they're really rebranding. I talked to somebody and he's one of the, our, um, our, our very, um, one of my friends who I've been, who has been listening to the podcast forever, Sev, Sev in our Discord and everything else. He has been in charge of full on rebrands for companies and stuff like that. And he goes, literally part of our playbook is to release little elements of the rebrand earlier. So that way people sort of get used to it. Like, Oh, Hey, here's this. Oh, Hey, here's this. And like, you sort of slowly to see reactions to it. And so that way you can like tweak things and do things. And he's just done it with like three or four companies where they've done that. So you can't completely roll out that this is part of something. I just, just wanted to say it also, as you said, it allows uh, people to push back and say, I hate this, or this is kind of cool. Yeah. So I, just give them a direction of where they're going. I mean, right now, LA Galaxy fans are going to hate anything you put out. It doesn't matter if it's good or not. And it's just from frustration and everything else that is going on. Um, by the way, uh, LA Galaxy rated by Sportico as the third highest valued team in Major League Soccer. Number one was LAFC at $860 million. Uh, number two was uh, Atlanta United at $845 million. And the LA Galaxy, number three at $835 million on $80 million in revenue. Uh, LAFC on $82 million in revenue. Uh, basically, those were the highest rated North American franchises uh, for Major League Soccer. And in the overall franchise landscape, uh, LAFC was at 106, um, the same as the Seattle Kraken. Um, at 108 was Atlanta United. Uh, 109 was the Pittsburgh Penguins. 110 was the Calgary Flames. And 111 was LA Galaxy. Just to sort of put that in your thing, Dallas Stars wrapped it up at 112. Uh, it was the Dallas Cowboys, by the way, if you want to know the top North American franchise and the highest uh, yeah, highest. Talk value. about a successful team that needs a rebrand. There you go. See, they need to be the D- Dallas Cow people. I don't know. I was I was trying to I was trying to come up with something offline. It didn't work. It's okay. That's how it happens sometimes. Um, let's see. Should we do I it? I think I like you better when you couldn't talk. Yeah, me too. Tell me about it. I almost died earlier. I don't know if anybody saw it. My face turned red. I started to keel over a little bit. Stars started showing it was almost over. I actually coughed so hard whenever I was trying not to cough a couple nights ago that literally the, the whole world closed in on me. Like it was like, Oh, that one. I tried to, I tried to keep that one down. Probably wasn't a good idea. Cause I didn't want to wake up my wife in the middle of the night. You know how that is. Yeah. We were trying to help you limp back to the barn here a little bit, but it looked like you caught your second wind. Yeah, we could go for a while now. Now, now I'm feeling better. Um, all right, let's, let's talk not. about it. Let's, let's do it. Transfer news. Uh, four days until the transfer window closes in. Um, August 5th is that transfer window deadline. I forget what time it closes. Usually it's like a, like 12, p, 12 um, like 9 p.m. on the central time. It's always the central time. It's never the East Coast time. So it's like 9, so it'll be 10 on the East Coast, that type of thing. We'll figure out what that is, but just four days until that happens. Roster freeze happens on September 2nd, which is also rapidly approaching. So... You can still add people to your roster if they're out of contracts up until roster freeze, right? So, but you'd have to have somebody completely out of contract in order for that to happen. Here is the big news. Now, I'm going to share sources on these. I haven't been able to verify these, but this is just a small smattering of the overall sources that have been sort of coming out. But basically, uh, Ricky uh, Pouge, who is a 22-year-old, almost 23. I think he turns 23 on August 18th. Like, it's coming up rapidly. August 13th. Okay, so August 13th. August 13th. He will be 23, uh, who is a Barcelona player, right? This is a Barcelona player who has been going from Barcelona B. Um, I think he does have some some uh, La Liga time, right? He has like 50-something appearances. Yes. He does. So he also plays for Spain's U twenty or played for Spain's U twenty one team. Right, and so um, this 
Can we go through the machinations of this, Kevin, just because we're trying to sort of figure out like how this is even possible, right? I mean, well, okay. So I was in Barcelona in 2019 after the, uh, just before the women's world cup. And I went to, uh, hang, I, I spent a week with the team. I went to La Masia and, and all at that point, 2019, um, he joined the first team on, on July 1st, 2020. This was a guy they were talking about very highly. The Barcelona people were extremely high on him. They thought they had a really good young core of players coming, and this was one guy they wanted. By the time he signed the contract, three, three weeks after he signed that contract, or joined the first team, rather, on July 1st, 2020, three weeks later, his market value was the highest ever been, $27.5 million. That was his market value. It's down to $7.7 million now, which, again, that's what it, he is supposedly worth. That doesn't mean anyone's going to pay that. That doesn't mean you have to pay that. That's what he's worth. But the, it, when you talk about the machinations of going through this, his contract, he signed a, an extension on January 1st uh, of last year, 2021. That contract runs through 2023, the end of the La Liga season, June 30th, 2023. He is under contract to Barcelona. So I've seen some rumors where he's going to sign for a three-year plus uh, one you know, with a, a club option. That kind of stuff. Again, you and I—we've been open about this. We've—we've we've heard nothing concrete. We've been following the rumors, and we've been working our sources. No one's saying anything concrete that they're putting their name behind. But it would seem to me that if he were to come, it would have to be on a loan. Yes, that would be a way that he would fit under the salary cap. Because my understanding is, if Barcelona wants to pay his contract and the, the Galaxy pay whatever fee they have, that they could make sure that that goes under, uh, you know, under the salary cap. I don't see a, a guy of his age and his talent. And he, again, he's a central attacking midfielder, very dynamic guy, right footed. Um, I, I don't see a guy at 22 now, almost 23 saying, yeah, my future is in MLS. I'm going to leave Barcelona and come over and play in MLS. I see him coming over to get playing time right. and to prove himself. Um, so, you know, if you're thinking about this as a long-term thing, it, it doesn't, it doesn't smell like that's what it's going to be. There seems like there's too many hurdles, both personal and contractually, to make this a long-term thing. I, uh, we do know that he's talked to um, 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 Victor Vasquez and some other uh, former Barcelona players in MLS about coming over. And Victor Vasquez apparently has been very, my understanding has been somewhat involved in trying to, 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 to tell him that this is a good league for him and that he should come over and get a shot. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, Christian gave us a $5 super chat. Uh, it's it's Puj, uh, uh We're gonna call him Ricky. Ricky, uh, Pedri, and and Gavi were going to be the new big three. Uh, uh, Ricky was amazing until Komen and and Zavi came in, uh, fell out of the system. Sadly, it, this is a guy who has lost the the confidence of several coaches now, right? And so that's a concern. The other thing is that you're also talking about a level with Barcelona and La Liga that is, and I don't, I'm sure everybody at those levels with Barcelona is much much higher than Major League Soccer. Right. And so you can sort of sit there. Now, I've heard, Kevin, possibly some attitude issues, some other things that are happening. It's just hard for me to do this. Uh, apparently making around three point three million dollars a year, which would put him in a designated player range, which, by the way, puts him right around Douglas Costa range, about three million dollars a year in there. There is probably a way for the LA Galaxy to go max TAM on him for this loan and basically pay him, quote unquote, $3 million. It's not really because it's only for half a season, right? So it would be like 1.6, right? Which is $3.2 million, real close, right? So you could go 1.6 to get him into the winter where you know you're having a designated player slot open. If the LA Galaxy were interested in getting him, and the reports have been that the LA Galaxy are, that a verbal agreement has been made, those are the reports, can't verify any of that. Right. But that they have done that. He is coming to the LA Galaxy. Those are the reports right now. And that there is possibly a loan deal, 
possibly a contract option, which is the three plus one, right? Which would basically mean that he's coming over and then a Barcelona, either a sell on number, right? Which basically means if the LA Galaxy sold him that Barcelona would get X number of dollars. Maybe it's as high as 50% for somebody like him um, whenever you look at it, but maybe that's what make the deal, the deal go or a repurchase agreement after a certain set of time, which by the way, to me lends itself to loan more than anything, which is sort of like, Hey, you can have them on a loan and then you can have them for two years. And then after that two years, if we want to repurchase them at any time, we have to pay you X number of dollars. Like it's already baked in to everything. And we get to basically recoup what we have. I think that's what Antuna had when he was here with Man City. Yeah. So loan. And then, um, you knew that he was going to basically that they could sell him or that you could outright purchase him. Um, if it was, maybe that's how it goes. Um, and so well, we'll, the, the problem with this, as opposed to players in MLS or any other sport in, in the U S is that agents and clubs get involved. And a lot of this is smoke and mirrors. They may have, maybe they decide they're going to sell Ricky to uh, Everton and they know that deal is through, but they're trying to raise the price. So they get the galaxy involved. A lot of times, it's smoke and mirrors. A lot of times it's not true. We know that there are only a couple of clubs in MLS that register in Europe. So any player that's leaving is always going to the Galaxy, LAFC, or New York City. Right. Or, we just Miami. Know that, Miami. Or, or Miami. Yeah. yeah, those names get dropped when there's no truth to it. So uh, both both you and I went to the Galaxy art sources that we have and said, look, one of two things. If you guys don't knock this down, it's going to create a lot of excitement with fans. And if you don't close the deal there's going to be disappointment. So tell us now, if you're not interested in this deal, let us know now so that we can let people know that this isn't a true thing. Or on the other hand, you want to, you know, is this happening? This will create a lot of excitement for a team right now that's really struggling to get the fans on their side. You know, is this deal happening? And I got no answers to that at all. I got, yeah. I haven't heard anything, but it could be possible for the, so for the I most, I don't know what to do with that. For the most part, this feels very one-sided, everything coming basically from Spain. I know some others that are U S based have said it. I don't know that anybody has really has original reporting when they've said no, it. it's all it, one source. And that's the problem. Uh, you know, uh, an agent plants it with one reporter in Spain or Italy or wherever, and it takes off and everybody reports that same original rumor. Well, I, I will say this, um, that it makes sense. It, it, it does make sense in some ways, right? This would be a, um, either a replacement or, or a, you know, switching back and forth, depending on development type of thing, uh, with Revelison. Uh, that's where this, this is. And if you've seen Revelison's positioning in the last couple of times, it's very much like false nine ish, almost all the way up until, uh, you know, they're getting very high on the attacking line. And I think that, uh, Ricky could, could put that together. Very technical player. Here's the crazy thing, and I watched the highlights, and obviously this is based off the highlights. I, w- I was not watching him prior to this, so I was looking um, sort of how it was going. Um, I watched him very technical in tight spaces, as, you, as you'd expect from somebody from Barcelona. Um, able to penetrate lines with passes, able to uh, have quick changes of directions, able to accelerate quickly, uh, get up to top speed quickly, breaks sort of in that way. He's small. I think he's only five six, uh, and that's been one of the knocks on him. Apparently, according to some Barcelona fans, is he doesn't play big either. Um, they had a guy there. What was his name? I saw he was small too. I'm trying so hard not to make the comparison, but if you watch, <laughs> if you watch Ricky run, right, you can't tell me he doesn't run like 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 Leo Messi, 
right? There's ze- there's zero chance. If you watch him run, you're like, dude, that guy kind of runs like Leo Messi. He's right footed and Messi's left footed. It, I mean, one difference. One yeah. difference. But I mean, there's. I'm not saying he's creative as him. I'm not saying that he has the ability for the final ball or the final touch or the scoring ability. All those things. I'm just saying he runs very similar to him. Low center of gravity, sort of very change of direction, causes a lot of people to foul him. I don't know how many highlights I saw of people chasing him down and just hacking him from behind whenever he'd already blown past them, right? Again, some of that was for Barcelona, uh, the beast team, right? So you sort of have to put that into into thing. But I have to imagine, um, in general, a 22-year-old, almost 23, and here's the thing. Technically speaking, you could sign him to a U-22 contract because as long as you're 22 within the contract year, you could sign him to a U-22. The Galaxy don't have any of those spots open, but technically speaking, he would fit under that. I think he also falls into a young designated player position if they were to do that, right? And they could have a young DP in him as well with Ricky with him as well. In his position, you you know, again, the idea of going from Barcelona, the next guy at Barcelona, which he was not all that long ago, to MLS has got to be difficult for him, but I'm sure someone's telling him, look, you're 22, almost 23. You're not a prospect anymore. You're a professional and you're not playing. You're on Barcelona B. You know, you, what are you going to do? If Jovan calls and leaves the number, Ricky, don't lose that number because you might want to use it. Uh, you know, you're not allowed to make that joke. I don't told you. call nobody else. I told you not to make it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think rightfully so. Uh, some of the chat rooms say, just says, you know, oh, well, he will get so much time on the ball. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a guy who's going to thrive contact on the ball. And as a young player, there's, there's, it's so far out of range, Kevin, in terms of the different reactions you're seeing. I mean, I've seen reactions where like, this is a game changer for Major League Soccer to be able to lure somebody of his talent and ability at his age to Major League Soccer. There are people in Spain right now who are crying in their hands because there's no pro- there's no way Ricky could possibly go to that retirement league in Major League Soccer. How could he do this? You know, whenever he's not getting t- playing time, Barcelona needs to offload players and contracts like crazy. I think somebody was showing me a Reddit thread where somebody went through and looked and said they probably need to move anywhere from five to seven players off just so that way they can register other players, right? This is a That's way... That's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. This is a way for him to sort of not... <laughs> to be pushed off of that that roster, even if they're still paying for it. At least it's a it's like off-roster spending. Um, well, yeah, and if you're Barcelona, games. you look at the low, low-hanging fruit and say, boom, 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 let's get rid of these guys, and they're probably willing to deal. You know, again, looking at it from Ricky's side, 22-23, you're not a prospect anymore. He could come over here. He does have game-changing ability. You know, he could come over here, have a successful six months or a year, regain his confidence, and then go back to Europe like I'm sure he wants to. Um, he needs to do something. He can't stay at Barcelona B and Barcelona can't afford to keep paying him $3 million not to play on the first team. But I mean, we also have to say, is this what the LA Galaxy need? I, it, it is It is a CM slash a cam, right? So you're getting a guy who, you know, we said, oh, well, this would this would help. You would expect that Chicharito would be more involved um, on the offense. You would expect that Jovalic, when he's playing, would get more chances. You'd expect the chances to increase. But also looking at all the numbers that we looked at earlier in the show, Kevin, don't they need a winger who can score? Because as far as I'm concerned, there's one reason, if you look at those numbers, why Cabral is going to continue to start over Grand Sur. And it's because Cabral at least creates more chances and he plays better and he plays more defense and tracking back and he does more work on that, right? Uh, Greg has, I asked for this number to confirm it, but basically Greg has said that Cabral covers some of the most space in all Major League Soccer. So you don't get that from Grand Sur. The reason that Grand Sur doesn't start is if Grand Sur started scoring, you would start him in a heartbeat. But he doesn't score. So as far as I'm concerned, Cabral and Grand Sur are the same player. That's why Cabral is going to continue to start. They don't have well, it. So don't you need a winger that can score, 
right now? Well, this, this is where I think the galaxy are, are broken, is that if you look at someone like, say, Man City, where they say, okay, this is the style we play, we're going to get this player, and this guy fits in our system, and boom, we're going to go, and that's the guy we need. The Galaxy seem to be bringing guys in. We're going to try Mark Delgado. It didn't work. Okay, move Revelison up. Oh, that's not working? Okay, you're bringing this Brugman guy. Let's try that. It, they just keep trying things, trying to find something that works, and you kind of feel like it's a, a guy reaching for the light switch in a dark room. Eventually, he's going to find it, but until then, yeah. he's going to knock over a lot of furniture. Yeah, I see that. By the way, Christian Morales uh, gave us a $2 super chat, says, are we really going to bench uh, Ryan Revelison though? And I'll say this. I have liked what I've seen from Ryan in the last three or four games, getting a little more forward. Uh, certainly, I like him better with Brugman and his not having to stay and track back. I think that if you're going to get, you know, Ricky, um, that you're going to bring him in and he's going to provide a difference in that, right? There's going to be a difference between what him and Ryan do. And I think that Ryan has his spots still. Um, I, I wasn't overly, I mean, if you go back more than three games with Revelison, I'd say he's had a pretty underwhelming season so far, perhaps doing, being asked to do stuff he, he wasn't necessarily suited to do, but it's what they brought him in for. Um, so he can also play center back. Not that you want him to Revelison, just saying yeah. he can. Yeah, I know. But yeah, I mean, they say that Greg has sort of indicated that his changing has, has changed. His thinking has changed on Revelison in terms of what his best position is, which is, Again, I, I try to I try to put this into question. It's like, well, Greg brought him in. He knew what he was getting. And now you're telling me that Greg thinks he's more of like a central midfielder, a central attacking midfielder than he is or even like a false nine because he's been sort of sitting up on top of there um, more of a, 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 that position than he is somewhere else. Well, didn't you go and get him and watch him and look at him as a defensive midfielder? And that sort of goes back to the whole scouting department thing. Like, yes, you're getting guys who are supposed to be these pieces and you're able to watch highlights on them. And maybe you go watch them. I think it's absolutely likely that Johan Kroski gets on a plane after he's gotten a call from an agent and they're interested in somebody and they say, okay, this guy sort of fits in. He goes and he watches these guys play, right? I mean, there's that's part of it, right? It's never like he just sits in his office. I don't think that's the case at all. Um, he goes out. He goes and, and looks at these at these guys when they're playing. But bottom line is that the Galaxy didn't have the tools available to themselves to really like cast a net wide enough in order to sort of be like, no, this is the guy we should be targeting. And not only that, but if we go and we run analytics on Ryan Revelison, we'll find out, you know what? He's actually more of a, a central midfielder whenever you look at his stats well, and look at his positioning well, and all that stuff. They, don't, well, they didn't have that. Well, here's another thing, going back to the idea of just trying to get pieces and fit them in and see if they work. At some point, we know the wingers are not scoring. They're not being productive. They're and they're wingers only. They can't play Cost, any other position. By the way, Costa is is also underperforming, right? So Costa, Revelison, Grand Sur, like you can you can name C Cabral. Cabral. Right. So it, if you say okay, the wingers are not producing. They're not working. We're not scoring. At some point, don't you say? Maybe we should try another system as opposed to saying we're going to continue to force this until finally somebody figures it out. I mean, they're running out of time. I don't have the answer. I'm not Greg Vanny. I'm not a coach. That's why I'm doing this show. Um, but it just seems to me if it's not working, maybe you try another way. Maybe you try a 4-4-2. Maybe you try a 4-3, 4-2-3-1. Whatever you try, something different because the wingers are not scoring. Yeah. And, and they're not productive. Yeah. What, again, though, like if you look at the chances that are created, they're creating the chances. They're not just not converting. So it's like it's one of those. It's like how do you how do you keep the chance creation the same? And switch that up. Obviously, you could go to, you know, a two forward set. We've talked about it. Three, five, two in that. And, you know, you can work yourself around that. You can put Costa in there as a winger and that gets you less of a winger and more of things. All things are on the table here as we sort of close things out. But um, 
at least from what we're seeing, Kevin, it seems very likely that um, that that Ricky uh, could be joining the LA Galaxy here. I don't know the mechanism. <laughs> if the LA Galaxy bring him in without moving anybody, they need an international slot. Um, so they'd have to go out and buy one. They spent $400,000 on the last one. Um, was it 275? It was probably like 275 and I had to multiply that by two. I can't remember. And, and by the way, that's a very high price. And and one thing that we do know in MLS and same thing in Liga MX, when the Galaxy or Club America or Chivas come looking for something, the price is much higher than when Sporting Kansas City or Toluca comes looking for it. So you, know, you look and you see other teams buying international spots for 50 or $100,000. Um, the Galaxy, you know, don't. And, and another thing I would say about this is we've decided that Ricky is going to be a central attacking midfielder. That's his position. Uh, Brugman is kind of the same thing. No, Again, he's it not. Goes back. Don't. He's a six. You don't think don't. so? No, he's a six. He's a defensive midfielder. So listen, he plugs in perfectly. The Galaxy have the, if you're looking at where, you know, we were sort of saying the Galaxy don't need a cam just because Greg Vanny doesn't really play with one, but Revelison has sort of been that person who should be in that. And then he's been vacating space for somebody like Victor Vasquez to come underneath and actually play a creative role, which was sort of what they did in the second half against Dallas. But no, Brugman is a six. Uh, Delgado is an eight. Right. So box to box more Brugman, more less of that, but actually a really good pass distributing six. So a little bit of an eight, an eight in there. Um, and then you you don't I mean, the Galaxy don't have a 10. You can't say Victor Vasquez is a 10. He likes to sit outside and sort of curl into a little spot on the left hand side. Efrain Alvarez isn't a 10. Douglas Costa, he may wear it, but he's not a 10. Uh, he cuts inside and tries to be creative, but he's not like he's a playmaking guy. Um, I don't think the Galaxy have this skill set anywhere on the team right now. Yeah, you know what? I, I think it goes back to, and I need to write about this because I have some stuff that Greg told me I haven't used yet. I think it goes back to they, Greg really wanted, and everyone in the Galaxy team was set to have Christian Pavone come in, and that thing went south fairly late in the winter. Right. Remember, Costa was a late signing. He was undoubtedly, unquestionably uh, the sort of uh, um, uh, door prize, you know, consolation prize. They wanted Pavone. The team plays like they would have Pavone. They would be successful if they had a Pavone. They don't have him, and they're trying to make do with what they were able to cobble together. And I just don't know that they ever got over the disappointment of not getting Pavone because I think that was the plan all along. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I think Patrick still asks, is Ricky a 10? I mean, he's not an all-in-all-out 10. He's maybe more of a, he's a cross between an 8 and a 10, right? So more box-to-box. It's a 9. Yeah, no, that doesn't work that way, unfortunately. Oh, um, I, I know what you're saying, though. Uh, it makes sense. But yeah, I mean, he has the ability to make passages. So I don't think you're going to see the defensive part of the 8 in Ricky, though, which is why you sort of lean more to, like, the offensive side of the 10 uh, whenever you're looking at it. I don't know that he's going to score a lot of goals. I watched him play. Uh, he has He's creative in those places. Um, I, I, I can't get a handle on this. I don't know if this is good or bad. Um, it feels ambitious in some ways. Um, and it feels risky in other ways. You're getting another young player. This is very much along the lines of Greg Vanny though, right? Young player, control him for a while, control the contract, get him, get him. He wants that core. He wants that young core together. The idea is not bringing in. He thought the galaxy made mistakes in the pre Vanny era, bringing in guys for one or two years and hope, hoping to catch lightning in a bottle. Uh, worked with Zalatan, didn't work so much with other guys. It's, I don't think people, I, I know people do, but I don't think they quite grasp it, is how how risky it gets whenever you're trying to to get guys who are unproven like this. Um, he could have a large number behind his name, $7.7 million current transfer fee. That means nothing. Uh, he's, he's what somebody will pay for. Um, he could end up being the LA Galaxy's next young designated player. Uh, whenever, if, if he would sign to a designated player contract next year, and perhaps the LA Galaxy, I mean, 
Somebody asked me if there was a way for the LA Galaxy to clear all their designated players for next year. I said, absolutely. It's easy to do, right? So you don't you have Chicharito who's coming up with an expiring contract. You don't renew it. So that's one spot open. You buy out Douglas Costa. That's two spots open. And you loan out Kevin Cabral. That's three spots open. You can absolutely do it. If you wanted to do it, you could get all three designated players to do it. That would cost a ton of money uh, in order to do. Not not like a ton, a ton, but a significant amount. Being Chicharito is the highest player played paid player on the LA Galaxy. Not having a $6 million contract gives you some money to play with. Buying out a $3 million contract for Douglas Costa, not the end of the world, but certainly you would like to have $3 million if you're AEG. Uh, that's better than not having $3 million. And then Kevin Cabral, whatever you're going to have to pay to get Kevin Cabral off your books and onto somebody else's uh, docket. And I don't know. Uh, somebody said, well, who would who would buy Kevin Cabral for us? I'm like, I'm pretty sure you send him to France. Um, and, and you say, here, France, you can have Kevin Cabral. Thanks for the Statue of Liberty. Here's what we're, you're getting back is Kevin Cabral. Because um, I don't know. I don't know where else you would get that. But the bottom line, there is flexibility in those DP slots, depending on how they maneuver and how they work and what they want to do. So saying that you get Ricky in here and he can play. Um, for a loan deal for six months or basically for the rest of the season, right, until the winter, and then go on to a designated player contract is absolutely in those cards, is absolutely but, something but, you could do. You know what I don't like? I, I see how you trade Chicharito for for Ricky. I get that. But the Galaxy, especially in recent history, and probably going back to Bruce's time too, it always seemed like their designated players were always – there was a waiting list. Like, okay, we're going to bring this guy in for six months, and he's the next DP, and then, and then next Costa goes, and then we got another guy lined up for that. It just never seems like they go into a year or even play half the year with that spot open saying, okay, we're going to keep this spot open. We're going to go get the player, the piece that we need. It always seems like those things are filled in advance, and I don't think it gives them the flexibility that a lot of other teams have. Oh, I wish. I, I mean, I know what you're saying. It almost seems like there's forethought in that, right? I mean, you're like, they, you know what I mean? Like if you're saying, well, they always have them filled in advance it's because they're always like, oh, well, we're going to get this guy in Tam and then we're going to kind of convert it. It but almost like seems they like... Don't fit them, it's almost like they don't fit them together. Like he, yeah. we can get Chicharito. Now we can get this other guy. They've never played and they don't mesh at all, but we got these big names as opposed to a Seattle, which says we need this type of player we have the flexibility to go get that type of player that finishes our team. This, I, I, I just don't, I think the galaxy kind of build backwards. This is the argument though, or the discussion that you and I had, which is that it seems, and, and Greg Vanning, I think said it in your article, there can't be multiple visions of how a team is built. Right. Exactly. And that's all this ever seems like is like, there's multiple visions. And so, um, somebody always, everybody always asks what, who's signing is this? This is Greg Vanny signing. Is this, I'm sure Greg Vanny has input on this signing. Um, do I feel like it's totally his signing? Like he said, go get me this guy right here. I, I don't know that that's the case. Um, and so it, it's, and we know there's history here. We know for a matter of fact, a previous coaching staff has told us on more than one occasion, they did not want Steven Gerrard. They did not want Gio Dos Santos, that those were signings that the front office said, we're going to get these guys because they're going to sell a lot of shirts. Jonathan Dos Santos was wanted, but only at the give me anything at this point because things are going horrible because there are no players on this team. They're all USL players, right? It was one of those. That's why Jonathan Dos Santos made it onto the LA Galaxy at that point too. So um, yeah, I mean, this is just... There's but at least he wanted to be here, at least for a while. He did. I think he's still, I think if he was given a contract extension, he's, I mean, obviously I think he would still want to be here. I think he'd still want to play. I just, he doesn't have that. Yeah. I think he's playing for club America. So you could see him on, uh, on, on Wednesday night. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. I know. I'm, 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 I'm super, super. I wonder if he'll stay at his house. If he still has the house. If he gets to stay there. I, maybe. He gets to stay in the team hotel. Maybe. Who knows? Um, all right. I think that's about it. 
uh, I know that's not a lot of clear sort of pathway for uh, Ricky Puig. I said Puig. No, but by the time we. Yeah, by the time we wake up tomorrow, it'll all be it, settled. So again, this I, show is meaningless. I expect that on a Tuesday that I am at Disneyland away from my computer and all those things. I expect 100 percent that that will be uh, the, well, the one that happens. Let's now let's let's let the listeners in on the secret. When we end this show, we're gonna do an entirely other show <laughs> where he signed, and we're gonna talk about what it means that he signed. And then, and then we just have to kind of put one up, depending on what happens tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Right? Is I, that the plan? I, yeah, you go ahead and do that one by yourself. You just keep talking <laughs> on the microphone after I hang up here and see if that works for you. Um, all right. I think that about it does it. Uh, LA Galaxy getting ready to play uh, Chivas on Wednesday. It's a game that does not count. Um, I cannot make that more apparent. And somehow I still think that there will be a, a push to have players. Uh, Chicharito is absolutely playing in that game. 100%. 100% but playing. you know they're going to say he's playing against Chivas and he's not. He's playing against the laundry because <laughs> nobody he knows is there. Right. Has any no coach. The the owner is different. Yeah. The only thing that's a, and the shirts are different too, but the same color. But it, he's it, playing against the crest. He's he's sure he is. Well, he's 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 in proximity of the crest. That's what it's going to be. So, um, yeah. however that ends up happening. So if you go to SoFi, uh, enjoy yourself. I don't know if I'll be there. I really don't want to go. I, I'm going to end up going, but I don't want to go. I'm telling you, right? I don't want to sit in traffic. I don't want to have to like figure out my way into the press box and all that stuff. I'm I'm serious. There's a good chance I won't go, but maybe I will. I want to see the stadium. I, I do too, but uh, I don't know. It's one of those. We'll see. I'll have to play it by, uh, by ear. All right. Uh, LA Galaxy do that. And then, of course, the LA Galaxy playing away at Sporting Kansas City on Thursday. We'll uh, get you ready for that game against Sporting Kansas City. So that's still coming up forever. This was a long one. It, it is what it is. You know, especially for you being near death. Uh, I I pulled it together though. The first half of that show is pretty you rough, did. but um, hopefully everybody forgives me. You know, Greg Greg would say you gutted it out. I did gut it out. Um, it was a good second half adjustment. Really was what it was. <laughs> uh, so that's good. Uh, all right. Uh, anything else, Kevin? You good? I'm talked out. All right. Good deal. Uh, If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, uh, head on over to at KBaxter11. You can find him there. All of his reporting on soccer in Southern California and LATimes.com. Please head on over, buy a subscription, follow the newsletter, do all those fun things. That's for you right there at KBaxter11 and LATimes.com. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com where you can find all of our stuff out there for you. So make sure you catch up on all the LA Galaxy news that we can put out there, any of the videos, all the podcasts, that type of thing. Go tell your friends, subscribe, leave us a review, thumbs up, all that fun stuff for us, please. All right, for Mr. Kevin, the Panda Baxter, I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening, you've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast, and be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.